Welcome to episode six of the iHub's Hospital at Home podcast, A House Call. On this episode, I'll be having a conversation with our new national clinical lead for Hospital at Home, Latana Munang. Uh, we'll get to hear about Latana's journey with Hospital at Home from developing a service in West Lothian, and the experiences that have shaped Latana's passion for the model, and how that has led to her taking on uh, the national role to support Hospital at Home development in Scotland. So enjoy the podcast. So welcome to our Hospital at Home podcast, A uh, House Call. Perhaps, Latana, we could just actually uh, start by asking you to kind of briefly introduce yourself, if that's all right. Hi, Nathan. Um, my name's Latana Munang. I'm a full-time consultant physician and geriatrician. I work at St. John's Hospital in Livingston, West Lothian, which is part of NHS Lothian. I work across both the acute site and in the community. I do a regular on-call for general medicine with all-age unselected acute medical take, and I also look after inpatients on Ward 8, our frailty ward. But the other half of my job is with the West Lothian Hospital at Home team, and we offer an alternative to acute hospital admissions. I'm also clinical lead for medicine of the elderly at St John's, and I took on this role of national clinical lead for hospital at home at Healthcare Improvement Scotland last month, which is a two-session secondment in addition to my clinical role. That's great. Thank you very much. Many, many different roles and hats there. So a very busy, busy work life. Um, I was wondering, people might be interested just to to kind of learn a little bit about the journey you've had to to kind of lead to, to being involved in, in hospital at home. So I did my specialty training in medicine of the elderly and general medicine in the southeast of Scotland deanery. And I became a consultant in 2011. And my job plan then was very different. Half my job was in general medicine and the other half involved orthopedic rehab, general rehab, outpatient clinic and day hospital. But in 2013, we got funding from the Change Fund. If you'll remember, it was a Scottish government initiative aimed at improving the quality of care for older people. And together with another consultant colleague and some interested nurses and AHPs, we went over to neighbouring Lanarkshire to visit their hospital at home team. And we saw firsthand the benefits of this model of care. I was also taken out to lunch at the local McDonald's in between home visits that day. So that totally sealed the deal for me. After that, with the support of our IJB, we set out to develop a similar team for West Lothian. And we started with a couple of interested consultants, some nurses from community nursing backgrounds, some AHPs from the existing intermediate care team. And we got together and decided that we would just offer this service. And I remember we saw 20 patients in our first month and it's just slowly evolved and grown since then. And now we see just over 100 patients a month. So it's 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 been evolving and developing over the the last few years and um and just in hindsight I, I didn't really have any particular specialist hospital at home training the only community geriatrics experience i'd had as a registrar were a few sessions at the hbcc hospitals and the only time i'd been on home visits were during my psychiatry attachment and as a medical student during gp placements so it, is a, it was an incredibly steep learning curve. I even had to learn how to work a key safe. But it wasn't just a steep curve for me, it was for everybody, for the whole team. 
but I absolutely loved it. And for the first time, I felt we were delivering good care that was truly patient-centered. And no two days are ever the same. And the team are absolutely fantastic. And there's nothing too big or too small that they wouldn't do if it'll help a patient. So that's that's the backstory, Nathan. That's great. That's great. And, and, and would you say you kind of were always quite open to sort of trying new things, doing things differently? Or, or did you have any kind of apprehension about, you know, kind of delving into this kind of new service model for you? I think it helped that everybody on the team was more or less on the same page and open to new ideas. And we we were happy to tweak things as we went along. In those days, we didn't have the framework, the, the, the for example, the guiding principles document we've got now. It was literally a, a blank slate copying from another team and adapting to our local um, resources and local context and um, learning from mistakes and changing things as we went along. We we collected data, but, you know, in no sort of structured quality improvement methodology, it was just a team of people really committed to do something different and um, to find a better way of looking after frail patients in their own homes. And I guess in retrospect, we would have benefited from closer collaboration with existing teams, maybe some project support, you know, some proper QI methodology with, with proper metrics measurements and um, formal pilot testing. But, you know, it, it was it evolved organically. And I think we all developed as individuals as well. Um, we all came from different backgrounds. My consultant colleague and I came from hospital background and the nurses came from the community. The AHPs had a mix of both acute hospital and community backgrounds. And we learned from each other as well as from the patients and from their families. So, um, yeah, it, it was the, the kind of open culture and the willingness to learn and adapt. That was the, the key ingredients, I think. You kind of referenced there the, the fact that people were coming from different backgrounds and settings. Do you think that really added to the to the kind of diversity and the, the skill mix of the team? I think that's that's one of the main reasons our team works so well is that, you know, when we talk about multidisciplinary team working, it's not simply the fact you have a nurse, a doctor, a physio and an OT and a pharmacist in a room. Every individual brings their own perspective and their own um, lived experience. We've got nurses who've come from district nursing backgrounds, uh, nurses who've come from acute settings, um, nurses who've come from more management structure, etc. And everybody's got something to contribute and a different angle. And the, the thing I like most about looking after patients within this team is, although we've got guidelines and protocols for various conditions, you know, that's kind of secondary to what what we think works best for that patient in that family in that moment at that time and you know you're dealing with quite ill patients in a moment of crisis and there's no right or wrong answers and there's lots there's, there's lots of risks involved in treating and um, managing patients in their own homes but you know we all work together as a team together with the families and patients to to mitigate these risks and and make sure we deliver the best care possible. And uh, and it's all down to kind of the sort of 
risk assessment and and I suppose individuals from different backgrounds bring bring different elements of that to the table and and it's always um, a, a level playing field when we're discussing all, all the patients on our on our ward rounds for example it's very much non-hierarchical um, in contrast to the traditional medical model in the hospital where you've got a consultant leading the ward round you know we're very much led by you know whoever knows the patient best and 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 I think that works really well in our team. That's a nice uh, yeah that's a nice way to see it and and I think you obviously mentioned that you even now have that kind of um, split between uh, working in hospital home team but also in a in a acute setting and and I'm assuming that that actually gives quite a useful kind of oversight um, and the kind of overlaps between the kind of two services. I, I wondered if you have any sort of reflections of of just what kind of having a, a kind of foot in both kind of camps brings you. I think it's certainly allowed me to appreciate the complexities a bit more and understand where where, where people are. It's um it's not a perfect system and in reality it's the same individuals and patients and families just moving in between acute hospital and home and the interface in between primary care, community care, all these different teams. And I suppose working in the acute hospital allows me to have a deeper understanding of what actually is achievable in in the hospital because sometimes people are admitted to hospital because they feel there's no other alternative, there's no safer alternative. But actually, I know hospitals aren't always the best environment for, for patients, particularly when you're frailer and older. You know, you're at risk of so many other complications, delirium falls, you have higher morbidity and mortality and institutionalization. And if we can deliver the same level of care in your own home, then I think we should. And having a foot in the hospital at home team as well allows me to plan somebody's discharge earlier and work out at an earlier stage when I feel somebody's care can be taken over by the hospital at home team so they don't spend as long in hospital. We do quite a lot of early supported discharges. I think 40 to 50% of our um, caseload now are, are supported discharges from the acute hospital, either from the very front door, so people are landing in the ED, but, you know, need intervention but actually not admission to the acute hospital and we provide that intervention in their own homes or from you know the medical admissions unit or the downstream wards where they've had their diagnostics and part of their treatment and they're at a level now where actually we can continue the the same level of intervention within their own homes and and actually carry out other things in their own environment to in a better way for example underta- undertaking anticipatory care planning discussions which I always find tricky in the acute hospital where they're in a crisis and it's only them in a bed space without their families there helping them make these plans and it's 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 so much nicer and and better for the patient and their families when they're on their own turf they 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 know what they want and what their wishes are and we're, we're very respectful of that. And, you know, some things are just better done 
at home rather than in hospital. And I think anticipatory care planning is definitely one of those things. As you'll know from uh, leading the hospital home service, you know, delivering acute care in the community provides new and different opportunities for, for cross-working that you know, might not be uh, available if a patient is in hospital. And I just kind of wonder what your thoughts are on, on the benefits of hospital at home and how it is able to kind of meet uh, a patient's needs in that kind of different context. I think it's a model that is um, that can be adapted and suited to lots of different needs. You know, we started out doing hospital at home for the frail elderly. A lot of the evidence base is for robust, comprehensive geriatric assessment through hospital at home. And, and, and that's right. I mean, you can't get more comprehensive than doing an assessment in the patient's own home. But I know that, you know, hospital at home model has been used in other specialties. Um, a recent conference, we heard about pediatrics and oncology using the model. And certainly in our experience, we've worked closely with other teams in delivering their kind of specialist input within our model. So, for example, we now have a respiratory arm to our service where um, we can deliver specialist respiratory assessments and interventions in the patient's own home. Um, working with other teams, you know, we, we quickly developed our oxygen pathway after a few chats between respiratory, palliative care and ourselves because um, there was a need and often patients who weren't quite respiratory, who weren't quite palliative, fell between the cracks. So we deci just decided that actually hospital at home were the best people to go out and assess what their needs are and we can provide oxygen on a temporary basis as a trial to see if they, they would benefit from that. And just finding the most, um, the most pragmatic way of providing care um, in a population who actually, you know, we really should be wrapping our service around the patient and not the other way around. You know, there's lots of opportunities for joint working. And we work closely, for example, with the care home team. And this really came into its own at the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, for example, where, you know, GPs weren't able to operate normally. The hospital were, you know, we were focused on getting people out of hospital and, and the care homes really needed input. And so I think hospital at home filled that gap together with a care home team, not just providing clinical input to those who were affected by the illness, but in providing support to the care home staff, both clinically and also psychologically. It was a really tough time and some homes felt very isolated because you know, GPs weren't going in and these are sort of individual care homes and you, you kind of lose that sense of scale because there wasn't sort of a sense of what was going on in other care homes. All you heard was what was coming through the media, which was just awful news. So I think, you know, linking up all these different teams, providing a framework from which we can we can all operate from and, and just offering uh, an alternative to what's just been the traditional way of providing medical and nursing and HP care. And, and so 
in a roundabout way to answer your question, Nathan, I think it's a model that that is very open and it's not necessarily just the domain of geriatricians in my mind, but it's a it's a sort of way of working that we can adapt to to various other specialties and needs of the local context. Latan, I mean, you've got a huge amount of experience and obviously it's uh, it's you know only possible to touch on some of that on this podcast but you know going from that real kind of hands-on and, and local role and, and obviously you've mentioned how you have uh, local leadership uh, roles in addition to actually being an active member um, of the hospital home team but I wonder what then kind of attracted you to this national to this national post I really do believe this model of care works and we now have increasingly robust evidence for this and I'd like to think we could spread this model of care to areas where it doesn't yet exist, but very mindful of the need to adapt it to local need and local context. So I, I was hoping in this national role to be able to draw on my um, my own experience and help other teams achieve you know, similar outcomes in their area. I hope to support other teams in making that big first step from thinking about it reading about it to actually doing it yeah so i think that's was what attracted me to this role in the first place and then secondly i i would hope to um support existing teams and in our own team we're always looking for ways for making things better finding better pathways to, uh, for the patient and you know there, there must always be a better way is what we always say um, and I would hope to support other existing teams in achieving that. That's great. And, and I think um, something that we can all agree on is that that community of hospital at home is, in Scotland is, is so engaged, so passionate, um, so kind of forthcoming with, with ideas and, and sharing experiences. And I think now that we have uh, a clinical lead post, it's a fantastic thing for the team. Um, and I think it's going to really add a huge amount of value to our program and, and what we're looking to do in, in spreading the model throughout Scotland. And I guess given the fact that you have the combination of uh, the kind of practical but also the leadership role in relation to hospital at home, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges or opportunities facing hospital at home development in Scotland? It's a good question. Challenges, I guess this will be similar in many teams. I guess the main challenge is uh, having a stable workforce, the money, the training, the skill mix to ensure this is the case. And we know everywhere struggling, medical, nursing, allied health, and acute trusts and community teams. And this is amplified for hospital at home as you know we need a specific set of skills to be able to operate in that gray area. And we know it takes a long time to grow a confident and competent hospital at home nurse or doctor. But I hope this is changing because we get lots of student nurses and HPs and medical students and medical trainees come and spend time with our teams. So hopefully the home won't be a scary place for people to work anymore. The other thing is, I guess with the aging demographic, increasingly we're asked to do more and more with the same or less in terms of resource. So capacity pressure is challenging, as is rising expectations from the public. 
And therefore, finding innovative ways of doing the things we do in a better, more effective and more efficient way present both big challenges as well as opportunities, I think. And in terms of opportunities, as we talked about earlier, spreading the, the kind of hospital at home model to new areas in Scotland and testing and helping each area find the right model for them. This is all really exciting and I think will add richly to the growing evidence base. Um, and as we talked about earlier, you know, we started off providing comprehensive geriatric assessment through hospital at home, but, you know, on the horizon, there's exciting opportunities to extend this to other specialties and a wider range of specialist interventions in the patient's own home. So very exciting times ahead. Absolutely. I think we can all agree on that. And uh, I think the uh, the focus on hospital at home uh, is only likely to to increase, which is a, is a great thing. Uh, and with that comes uh, increased expect expectations. Um, so I think it's a really exciting time for hospital at home in Scotland. And, and uh, it's been a it's been great to to kind of get that real brief insight into to kind of what's brought you to to be in the clinical lead uh, hospital at home, and I, and I wondered if in kind of draw into a bit of a close, we could perhaps just touch on uh, one or two of your your most memorable experiences um, working in hospital at home. <laughs> As I say, no two days are ever the same with hospital at home, and you know you get you get yourself into all sorts of situations, you know, um, we find ourselves not just delivering medical assessments and interventions, but also kind of changing light bulbs and um, sort of helping with family crises. But I, I just um, I just wanted to share, there, there is a house on a corner that I drive past every day to and from work and a frail lady with COPD, advanced COPD used to live there. And she'd had multiple admissions and her GP had referred her to us for yet another exacerbation. And this was a few years ago now. But because I go past that house every day, I'm reminded of this every day. So she was in a really bad way, really hypoxic, working really hard with her breathing, had steroids and nebulizers and antibiotics. And she absolutely did not want to go to hospital. She'd had non-invasive ventilation before in hospital and absolutely hated it. And she lived alone. Her daughter was at work. There was no care in place. This was going to be impossible. And I remember I had an acute medicine registrar tagging along that date for the experience and, and was asking me, how on earth did we do blood gases in somebody's own home? So what did we do? We, 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 kinda, we basically sat down and had a big, long chat about what an admission might achieve, what staying at home might lead to, um, we talked very frankly about her end-stage disease and and that she may be approaching the end of her life. And she knew this and she wanted to be at home. So we we took that on board. We phoned her daughter. We got her home. We, we had a long chat with her. We brought out an oxygen concentrator for symptom relief. We phoned her district nurses. We set up a syringe driver. She didn't have any care, but her daughter took time off work to look after her. And she died the following day. And I'm reminded every day I go past that house while we can talk about increasingly complex interventions, IV therapies that we can deliver at home. 
Often it's the most simple things done with care and compassion that matter the most. And while achieving a good death doesn't make it into the metrics we measure, but to that one person and that one family, it really meant a lot. And for that family, I'm glad the GP phoned us and not triple nine, because I think the outcome would have been exactly the same, but the journey there would have been very different. And I think that's what we do best is we 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 listen to the person, we, we see the whole person and not the patient, and we make decisions jointly. And you know, it's true pa patient-centered care, and and that's what is most important so yeah it's it's uh it's very exciting it's got its ups and downs there's lots of risks involved there's lots of learning along the way but it's fun and it's a great team so uh, i suppose i would um encourage teams who are thinking about it to i guess get in touch and we can learn from each other and whatever support we can offer we we, we will do our best to do that that's a, lo a lovely, a lovely story to draw a conversation to a close. And 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 who knows? Because you're a, you're you're a member of the team, and you have so many things to share. This could even be part part one in a series. Who knows? <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's really nice to kind of hear your your experiences that have kind of brought you to this moment of of being a national clinical lead. And as you mentioned there at the end. You know, this uh, this coming year will bring bring more work to spread the model, uh, whether that's new areas, whether that's looking to to kind of build on uh, services that are already established, um, and we'll be sharing kind of details of the program in the in the coming weeks and months. So, just really left to say thank you so much, Latana, uh, for joining us today, uh, and I hope hope you enjoyed uh, being able to talk about your hospital at home journey and, and kind of what you're looking forward to uh, in the coming couple of years. You're very welcome. Thank you.